It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour. This is America Out Loud talk radio, where you come to get the news. Here it is, and I'm going to be your host with my co-host, Dr. Michael Shoya. This is Colonel Mike and Dr. Mike doing the National Security Hour. Today, we're going to speak with someone very special, but this is where you come to get it all. It's on iHeart, it's on Spotify, it's all over the platforms. Don't forget, 7 o'clock, Monday to Friday, National Security Hour, and you're on with Colonel Mike and Dr. Mike, and we're bringing in our guest today, who won't be with us tomorrow for a week, and we're going to introduce him, Sean Witzman, okay? And Sean, if you don't know his name by now, you're going to learn who he is now, okay? Sean, come aboard and say hi on the National Security Hour. Hey, thanks for having me. It's an honor. It's great to have you. You're a patriot, sir. So, Sean is one of the people who got caught up, and this is History Friday now, Sean is one of the people who got caught up at the J6, and now, after this week... Can you week, tell the heat, Andrew? Uh, we, we, we will learn more and more ever since Tucker released some of the stuff. Sean, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself and some of the things you're doing. Yeah, uh, Sean Witzman, like you said, I'm a, I'm a free-range journalist is pretty much how I've classified it. Um, working on a lot of different things, you know, obviously I was there on January 6th. Um, lately I've been digging into the situation in East Palestine, um, which I think is much more serious than a lot of people realize. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, ask me anything. The story can get as long as we like. Um, there's a lot of different, uh, wrinkles in it right now. Actually just got off the phone with some of the Proud Boys attorneys in the seditious conspiracy case because there were some pretty major revelations in that today. So a lot of different subjects, a lot of different things going on. And I just try to keep up as best as I can as I get ready to go to jail. Okay, Sean, you you were living in Farmington, New Mexico, which is the four corners of New Mexico. And you had a prosperous business and you were living there and you came here on January 6th. And when they eventually got to you, uh, tell us a little bit about how they wanted to come and meet you at your home. Yeah, it was it was kind of a crazy situation where everything I'd done was public. Obviously, I'm a journalist. Um, you know, I was in the building. And and so I, I, I always had kind of a bad feeling, especially having seen what went on that day. But I was contacted by the FBI on January 15th. And they asked that I come and, and meet with them. And I agreed um, to go over whatever they wanted to go over. So I went in and met with them on January 19th of 2021, sat there, told them the same story that I've been saying ever since that day, um, and kind of let them know what my take on it was and everything else. And everything went fine. Um, and then it was actually three months later, um, I got in contact with an individual named Jason Funes, um, who was a staffer in the Interior Department at the time. And so he was giving me a few different sources and things, and he was very excited to go after John Sullivan or Jaden X, for those that don't know who he is. He's the uh, kind of BLM-associated uh, individual that was there 
who actually recorded the very famous video of Ashley Babbitt being shot. And so I was setting up to do a podcast with him and another individual named J.D. Rivera, who's now serving eight months in prison. And Jason Funes was very against it. Um, so I went ahead with it because I'm a journalist. I talk to people. I try to find out what's been going on. Um, I'm an investigator. So that's part of the part of the job, frankly. Went ahead with the podcast. I thought it went well. That was on March 26th. And then the Department of Justice dropped charges against me on April 1st of 2021. Uh, it's my understanding because I was called by the special agent uh, who was handling my case. He called me and he said, hey, can you come turn yourself in? I was actually in Denver, Colorado at the time. I said, sure, I'll be there. And, and he later informed me that really the Department of Justice wanted him to come break my door down and terrorize my family in a real shock and awe campaign, as uh, Michael Sherwin once called it. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful that he didn't. He told them basically to kick rocks. He gave me a call and I turned myself in on April 6th of 2021. I was released um, after, you know, one day in a federal immigration facility. They charged me with four federal misdemeanors uh, that were associated kind of the boilerplate misdemeanors as they've been called ever since then. And then it was two years of trying to get to a point um, where I eventually did enter a guilty plea to picketing and parading in a Capitol building, which is a class B misdemeanor. And then I had a very extensive allocution and uh, sentencing memorandum that I submitted to the court. I was sentenced on January 12th, I believe, as I recall, it's at times flying, especially in the last three months. And uh, actually I'm just now scheduled to go do seven days in a County jail in Missouri, green County jail um, to, uh, to uh, pay for my crimes, I guess we could say, which were, which, you know, in my opinion, it still boils down to thought crimes and people can go look at what the judge had to say in regards to those crimes. So yeah, kind of a, just a crazy situation to try to summarize. And so your, your crime was visiting the nation's capital. That is our capital, the United States citizens capital. And uh, that was your crime and you have to serve seven days. So Let's just go back a second. What did this do to your family life, to your business that you had living in New Mexico? What happened with your life? Yeah, so, I mean, it, it wasn't easy. Um, you know, the media obviously ran with their narrative that I was part of some sort of insurrection, which is just patently absurd. Um, as I even stated in my allocution, I, I wouldn't go so far as that I was in agreement with a lot of what I saw on January 6th. I mean, I'm obviously not someone who was interested in violence, uh, so I did not engage in that. But that's where they've tried to lump everybody together. And I think, you know, when we were speaking earlier, an interesting thing about me is that I'm not someone who really identifies as a conservative. Um, but, I, but I was carrying the wrong narrative to the wrong people, I think, was my major crime in that I had a very eclectic following on my different social media accounts that was not predominantly conservative. And I was very adamant that the election had been stolen. There was no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind to this day that the election was stolen. And so I think that that was very dangerous. And so the Department of Justice seized all of my social media accounts. They never gave them back to me. And in my opinion, they, they withheld a lot of exculpatory evidence. And I think as this thing goes on, we're going to find that that was more true. Um, so in the end, you know, legal fees and everything else, I, I lost my home. I had a very successful plumbing uh, mechanical contracting business that took a major hit because of the negative publicity. So that all went away. I ended up having to sell my house. 
and uh, move all the way away from New Mexico to Missouri, where I now reside in a camper trailer in my parents' yard. My two boys, they live inside of my parents' house, and uh, it's me and my moon, as I call her, inside of the camper trailer. So, yeah, it's been quite the last two years for sure. Um, you know, a lot of humility, teaching me a Dr. lot of Mike, humility. Dr. Mike, what do you? what's your take on this? After you just heard this, this is the first time we've ever spoken to this gentleman. Yeah, well, it's 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 you know it's premeditated what they did to you it, it seemed to me probably the media had been primed to be ready for your name to come out and then they just hit uh followed up is is that is that your impression yeah i think that's pretty accurate um because of a satirical publication that i had uh run for years in farmington new mexico prior to that you know i was pretty well known in the community especially locally so there were a lot of people who watched my live streams from january 6th and of course a lot of those people were very supportive of me regardless of their political persuasion um you know so i it, there there did seem to be an effort to go after me and as we see in all of these january 6th cases is that it was very much so built off of what the media had said they put out you know the lies about brian sicknick the lies about who died there how they died roseanne boylan specifically because you know as we know she was beaten savagely by uh, by metro pd officer lila morris um, so yeah, they, this, this has all been a media operation in a lot of ways in collusion with the department of justice. And that's what we see over and over again throughout the last two years. And interestingly enough, I reported early on because as I, you know, you both are aware at this point, um, I have very, very good sources within the intelligence community. And I was told shortly after January 6th that, that it was kind of a mess, that it was multiple agencies, um, conducting multiple operations with multiple agendas in mind. And again, over the last two years, we've seen that really play out. And like I was telling uh, Mike earlier that, uh, you know, when you look back at the, the transition integrity project and the way they had planned out and plotted the summer, it's, it's pretty obvious that that's what was going on. And I covered BLM and Antifa throughout the summer of 2020 as well with multiple correspondents across the country. So it's like I was watching a really bad movie come to fruition on January 6th. Yeah, we're uh, we're on America Out Loud talk radio on High Heart Radio. You're on the National Security Hour with Dr. Mike and Colonel Mike. And uh, we're happy to have on as our guest before he goes to prison tomorrow, Sean Witzman. And Sean will be going tomorrow for seven days. This is our country. Now, why is this on History Friday? This is important. This is going to go down in the annals of history of America. It's a very sad situation. Another citizen being captured, caught up because he just went down there to investigate. And he's an investigative journalist. And we're going to talk in the next segment. We've got a couple of minutes till we get to the first break, but we'll talk in the next segment about some more. You got a couple of minutes more to go on this segment, Sean, continue. Yeah. I mean, I think that the biggest thing in January 6th that a lot of people are failing to recognize is that it really is a culmination, in my opinion, of psychological warfare campaigns that were started decades ago. Uh, Yuri Bezmenov has spoken about this when he, when he, when he's talked about ideological subversion. And, and these different tactics to destroy the United States. And that's what I saw throughout 2020 and up to January 6th was that division in this country being widened. And we can talk about the different um, entities that would be involved in that sort of thing. I think that, you know, we're all aware here that, you know, the intelligence agencies have a corruption problem. Law enforcement has a corruption problem. 
But to me, I keep going back to that. This is like a third generation of people who don't even understand what they're doing when they do it because they were propagandized when they were in the womb, essentially. And that's what I saw throughout the summer was you had Antifa kids running around doing things. They didn't understand the bigger picture. And I think we even saw that on January 6th with a lot of people who got caught up in the moment, as they say, and acted outside of their character. Um, you know, this was all a setup to get to a point where we had a Reichstag 2.0, in my opinion. And, and the only way we're going to be able to move forward is by recognizing the problem and taking the appropriate steps to mitigate it. All right, that'll take us down right to the commercial. We'll be back. With Sean Witzman, you're on the National Security Hour. America Out Loud Talk Radio, you're on Dr. Mike and Colonel Mike. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. Welcome back to the National Security Hour on America Out Loud Talk Radio. You're on with Dr. Michael Shoyer and Colonel Mike. Today, we have on with us Sean Witzman, who will be going to prison tomorrow in the United States of America to serve seven days, which is really, really sad. We'll continue with Sean in segment two, a little bit more on J6, and then we'll go to a little bit about East Palestine. Sean, welcome back. Yeah, thanks again. Sean, I know the... the, men, the a person you mentioned with the Russian name, he was a, a KGB officer who had uh, defected. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. I, I can't help but wonder how many 
And he spoke in the late seventies, was it? Uh, it was through the eighties. I know the for 80s? sure. And actually, yeah, it's, yeah. it's my understanding that he informed a lot of uh, Ronald Reagan's messaging throughout the eighties. You know, so, you'll, yeah. you'll wonder if that, that, um, that effort by the Soviets didn't contaminate this whole generation of elderly Republican senators and Democratic senators and congressmen that we have. I, I wonder well, how many of yeah. those people actually signed up with the Soviets. You know, I think I think that's reasonable. I think that there was major contamination through the university system. Oh, um, gosh, yes. You know, they, they really went after the schools and they did it through the universities. And then you had people that came out of the universities and became teachers. And then those teachers informed of the next generation. And that's why I say we're, th we're three generations into this. And you can see that cultural rot is, is how I would describe it, where, you know, ideas that are very far left and Marxist have become more mainstream than they ever should have. And I think it's primed everyone to be ready for this kind of disillusion of the union, um, yeah. which it's, it's very dangerous, but people have to recognize it absolutely right now. Or, uh, you know, the, when the lights go off, I'm not sure when they come back on. Yeah, I think that's right. And it, it has always seemed to me that the problem we have is that, uh, the, as you say, the people that were contaminated, be, be they whether by uh, Soviet intelligence or uh, GRU officers or whatever it was, they did become teachers. And what they did is, is over the decades or over the generations, slowly killed any sense of what America meant or any positive things that America meant or our history. And we've kind of seen, seen that all come to fruition in the last three or four years with the, with the tearing down of statues and the burning of churches and uh, all of these things, it's, it really is, it's a, it's a subject that should be looked at much more closely. And you wonder about a guy like Garland and Comey was a communist and Brennan was a communist and, and they're all of the age where they could have been, uh, you know, people signed, signed up by the Soviets. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was interesting to me because even the way I grew up, um, I would not say that I was particularly patriotic. You know, when all of my friends went off to fight in Afghanistan, I was telling them, I don't know, I think you guys are going over there to sell heroin. <laughs> um, and they said no. And I, you know, and even at that time, I would argue with my parents uh, because they were very sucked into this kind of Fox News attitude towards the world that I didn't think was correct based off of just the things I was reading, you know, when the internet was still pretty brand new. And, you know, 20 years later, we kind of find out that was. It's true. I had friends that came back from Afghanistan and said, you know, we were over there for the wrong reasons. And, and so you see it all play out and it's, it's sad, but, you know, interestingly enough in my own journey, I guess, to discovering my patriotism really started in 2019 uh, when I went to Armenia um, to do a project over there. I was looking at maybe doing these um, somewhat satirical documentaries to look into what happens uh, in the collapse of an empire. And, and that kind of led me down this path all the way to the capital in a lot of ways. Um, and so I'm thankful for that, but, you know, I know that that's a big problem when we talk about even trying to get people to join the military is it's, it's just destroyed so many aspects of our country. And I think when we look at the, the KGB operations 
that were intended to do this ideological subversion, they were almost self-sustaining. So it's not even like it's an active operation particular any, particularly anymore from that perspective, but it was so effective that it destroyed love of country. Yeah. Um, and and, and, and it, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. And, and the other thing it did is uh, for whatever reason, we have been able, unable to get until Trump a president who wanted to win a war. You know, there's, yeah. there's no the, the reason people shouldn't go to these wars is I, I don't think not so much because um, of not being patriots, but just because of common sense. We haven't won a war since 1945. We may have not been engaged in a necessary war since 1945, but it doesn't matter because we've never won one. And, and well, that's to me almost unconscionable for the vast majority of the people who are in the Congress and in the executive branch. Yeah, I think that that's part of the problem is that a lot of these wars aren't meant to be won. No, they're just money makers for, for the exactly. Yeah. yeah. We're seeing that play out in Ukraine right now. Absolutely. It seems like they've kind of got a, a Tucker Carlson kind of stuck a knife in them. They really behaved in a really childish and panicky mode, but it worked, I guess. They put Yeah, the- there is there's a lot of panic going on right now. I saw that uh, somebody had hacked into the Russian broadcasting and put out a a message that there was a nuclear attack. I mean, this is how crazy these people are to conceal their crimes and their money laundering and everything else that they've done is that I really don't have any doubt in my mind that they're willing to start a nuclear exchange oh, I to think do that. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that at all either. It's a, just a tragedy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very upsetting. Yes. <laughs> well, let, let, let me go back here to, for a minute. You're talking about subversion in the schools. You know, Sean, we're about the, the age of where these people would have been flipped, you know, during the time we went to college, okay? It was pretty heavy, heavy on the campus. And, you know, like I said to Mike all the time, we we now have people teaching who were in the streets, you know, smoking weed and protesting the war back in the 60s. But now they're in levels of power. You have like Samantha Power. You have uh, Victoria Newland. You have people in that age group that are, you know, they shouldn't be where they are in this government. You know, it's a recycle from Obama time, right? And uh, it's it's made me think about how demented or how how mentally unstable the president is now, President Biden, because I really don't believe all the stuff that we see in here. I think, in my opinion, he could never win direct head on back in the day. So they put Obama up first and made him the vice president, knowing they'll make him the president at a later date. That's just my take. But I think all of this was set up many, many years ago probably back to the 60s, early 60s. No, I agree. I think that there's there's a lot of evidence of that. I know that even when you look at different things that were set up in the United Nations, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's like at some point it was determined that the United States was going to outlive its usefulness right. to some of these larger uh, corporate interests, I guess we could even call them around the globe. I know that people talk about the world economic forum a lot, um, which I think is a very anti-American entity. Um, and, and they've determined that, you know, we're scheduled for shutdown 
And they're moving forward with that plan pretty quickly from what I see. And Biden just seems to be a part of that. He's mm-hmm. obviously this incredibly corrupted guy, incredibly compromised guy uh, with multiple foreign nations who have dirt on him. Um, and so this is the man, we are in a world of hurt, no doubt. Yeah. And he was part of the Council for a Livable World, which you could look up similar to like Council on Foreign Relations. You know, all of these think tanks had their tentacles somewhere, whether it's school, Mike knows, whether it's school or any of these uh, universities that Navy War Department, they have the tentacles all over. You know, and this has been going on for a long, long time. It's just coming down to the end of, of the racetrack at this point. Remember, you had Rockefeller quoting back in the day, what they were going to do with pharmaceutical, what they were going to do with world economic uh, 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 food, uh, moving the Japanese, moving the automobile industry to Japan um, so they can collapse the industry here, then rebuild it after the Middle East war because they had the oil oil problem. We had two, Michael was two of those, right? Uh, oil embargoes back then in the 70s? I think so. I think there were two. So, you know, this you could just see this incrementally. And then you look at the people that are elected to Congress today who've never served in a uniform. It's, you know, the World War II generation is gone pretty much, you know, and the people who served, you know, maybe they served in Gulf, Gulf, uh, the Gulf Wars or Afghanistan, maybe one or two. It's not like it was back then. And then you have people who just serve forever. You know, you have people like on uh Let's say, uh, what's his name out in Ohio? What's his name? The guy I always talk about in Oklahoma, Inhofe. Inhofe is, you know, on one of these committees where you just got to keep spending bazillions of dollars for the Defense Department, you know, 900 to 980 billion. And the Defense Department cuts that with, you know, defense contractors. But we can't close a border. You know, we can't save our own country, but we're out there fiddling around everybody else's world. You know, it just doesn't. People have to wake up and look at this. You know, Tucker was a shock. Yeah, that was that was an explosion. And the fact that Schumer and McConnell did want this, you know, you could see they're hiding so much stuff. And there's a lot of stuff in there. They realize that this is the end of the road for them if you let it all out. I think the American people are not going to stand for it at this point. Well, yeah, even even in my case. What was interesting was I was there when the first set of doors were opened from the inside. That was my initial entrance into the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. And the Department of Justice did everything in their power to keep that hidden, to keep that secret. It was in, it was in none of the documents that were charging me. They actually misstated my entry into the building as happening at 2.19 p.m. when it actually occurred at 2.15 or 2.16 p.m. Mm-hmm. So they, 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 they just lie. And we're seeing this collusion again between attorneys, between the FBI, between the U.S. Attorney's Office, and all of it is a miscarriage of justice. And they, they, they don't care. They'll, they'll continue to lie. And so that's what's so terrifying for them. Again, we talk about this. It's, it's existential for these criminals at this point, because if they're ever held accountable for the things they've done to our country, it's not going to turn out well for them. So they're going to do whatever they can to continue that lie. And, and sadly, so many people have been manipulated into thinking that these, these falsehoods are real, that I don't know if there's much hope they'll ever come back from it. I mean, that's just, that's the way psychology works. You know, that's why they say repeat a lie often enough and it becomes the truth. It becomes the truth. Yeah. And look at the attorneys who tried to help Trump, any attorney that went near Trump when he was president, you know, they were, they were pretty much sanctioned in a way where they'd never work again. 
you know, they harass them and their families. That's not the way we're supposed to work as a country. That's not the way we're supposed to act. Hey, you're on America Out Loud, the National Security Hour, talk radio, iHeart, America Out Loud, talk radio. You can get the podcast right after we're up live. Don't forget to go to America Out Loud, talk radio. And you're on with two mics, Dr. Michael Shoya and Colonel Mike. Got another five minutes for this segment, Sean. Would, would you like to continue on J6 or start up with the uh, East Palestine? Well, I think I think J6, it's all related. So, you know, I think people need to understand that the, the people who have subverted our institutions in this country, they're going to do it on a variety of levels. When you look at what's going on in Ukraine, that's a part of it. And, and the other thing that I shouldn't gloss over in regards to January 6th was that there was actionable known intelligence about identified individuals on December 30th that the United States Secret Service provided to all the law enforcement agencies that were involved in protecting the Capitol, and nothing was done about it. They told them that there were, that there were known individuals who were associated with a neo-Nazi group called the Vorherrschaft Division that were coming into D.C. in order to goad Trump supporters into taking the Capitol building. Nothing was done about mm-hmm. this. We saw how Muriel Bowser and Nancy Pelosi did nothing. They just let it happen. They could have, they could have taken the 20,000 troops, National Guard, and put them around the Capitol building. And January 6th would have never been anything other than what it was intended to be, which was a peaceful protest. They chose not to do that. And you have to ask why. I mean, I, know, I think we all have our own assumptions as to why, and we've stated those as far as speculation, but I think that a lot of the receipts are already there. So at some point, it's going to take action on the part of good people in the government to do what's right. And I think with the, with the revelations in the Proud Boys trial today that shows that um, the, the FBI had gotten into secured messages that should have been covered uh, under uh, attorney-client privilege, and that they were using that information to build a case and share that information with the U.S. Attorney's Office. You know, this is all egregious. This is all a violation of constitutional rights. So, you know, it's falling apart quickly for them. And I, you know, for me, I, I'm, I'm here for it. You know, I've been in this fight for two years to try to get the truth out through all manner of obstacle in the process. And we're finally seeing it start to come out. And there's nothing that they can do to stop it. Quite frankly, yeah. the, the the message has gone too far. It's spread too wide. They can't shut down the transmission. Do you think that uh, McCarthy should have given it to many more media outlets besides uh, Tucker? You know, it's funny. In in my opinion, based off of some of the things that I've heard and and the things that I understand from different sources, I have is I think it was probably a a good move to give it to Tucker. Now that kind of flies in the face of what a lot of my friends in the January 6th community have to say about it. But I think there are some very legitimate national security concerns. Everybody throws that term around, but Mm -hmm. from my understanding, those are legitimate and they have to be taken care of. And I think Tucker is, is somebody who understands that. And I think that he's going to do whatever it takes to put that out. It was interesting to watch how you know there were reports and there seems to be an understanding that Rupert Murdoch really shut him down with what he wanted to put out. But even things that he's teased um, have suggested that he's well aware of kind of the much bigger operations that were at play. So it's it, when it comes out, it's going to absolutely break the narrative and there's nothing that can be done about that. Um, not to go full cue, 
but nothing can stop what's coming on some level. So I just hope that America can hold it together through this, you know, because that's my major concern is just people doing something that's stupid and giving mm-hmm. the enemy the ammunition they need to continue to destroy our civil liberties. Well, Dr. It, Mike, you get the I, last minute. Go ahead. Yeah, I generally agree with that, but I also think there's a matter of time. Uh, the the number of food processing plant, plants that have burned, been burned down in this country in the last year, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the eagerness of BLM and other people to attack innocent people in just the general rise in crime, how long can it take before you have to shoot back? And anything that we can do to stop that is the thing to do. But uh, I mean, this, we've been at this three years and the, the falsity of it, the lies of it have been clear all the way along. And yet here we are, we still haven't got much more than a foot back in the door. No, it's, it's, it's tough. It is. Um, it's a tough But thing. as they say, as it, you know, as it says, uh, wise as serpents, gentle as doves. And I think that that's, that's good advice to remember in this whole mess, because you're right. I mean, in my opinion, we are under attack. All right. We're going to go to commercial. We'll be back (laughs) after this commercial. You're on the national security hour, America out loud with Dr. Mike, Colonel Mike and our guest, Sean Witzman. Thank you. We take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. 
Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. We're back with National Security Hour on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is going to be the final segment for History Friday. We're on with Sean Witzman. We're going to continue. Sean visited East Palestine, Ohio, and he has some information for us. And as you know, on History Friday, we try to capture as much as we can, past, present, and future, I guess. And Sean's going to discuss that right now. Welcome back, Sean. Yeah, thanks again. And I guess I should clarify, I myself personally have not been to East Palestine. When we saw that situation start developing, I was speaking with some friends of mine, and I had said that I wanted to go there. They told me, no, you don't. And, and that really boils down into some of the work that I did. So I actually, you know, I, as everybody was aware, I think now we had this Chinese spy balloon floating over the country. Um, and it was right over the Midwestern United States, right over Missouri, where I'm at right now. And, and it was floating over the country. And then you had a train derail and nobody really paid attention to it. As we now know, they conducted a release and burn of some different chemicals. Um, and, and it's still not really getting the, inf- uh, the attention that I think it should, but I, it, but I, you know, go ahead. If you've got a question at that point, you know, about some chemicals yeah. that were there or what's in the ground. So go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, I started looking into that and then different sources that I had within the intelligence and scientific communities, I was speaking with them and essentially it was reported to me that a military grade. Um, classified chemical was also involved in the release and burn. And it's my understanding that it's a derivative or a variation of Corexit, which is chlorhexate, which was used in the Deepwater Horizon spill. And so I think that that, you know, the way it was described to me by the, again, these are people that I've known and trusted for years and that have never led me down a crazy path, even when I thought they were. Um, this is what they told me. And they said that their, their belief was that the fallout would eventually prove to be much worse than a nuclear detonation. So yeah, that was, that was kind of the big unknown. And and it's funny when you put stories out like this again, you know, I put it out on a Twitter thread on my Twitter and people can go read it there. There's a few different ways that people can read it. Um, you know, but everything else is backed up. There were a lot of interesting correlations, um, the, you know, we can call them coincidences, but, you know, stock market moves in that Norfolk Southern, there was a major sell-off right ahead of the train derailment. Um, and then I started looking at other things with a cancer uh, immunotherapy drug put out by Merck uh, called Keytruda. And they had gotten broad approval for it, which pushed their patent out until the year 2036. 
And then there was the correlation that on February 3rd, um, an, SED, an SEC filing showed that BlackRock increased their stake in Merck by 8.47%. Yeah. So, so there was a lot of stock market moves, which is somebody you know who investigates, I always try to find who benefits. And essentially the way it's set up right now is that there's some very powerful global corporations and investors that are perfectly positioned to profit greatly um, in, in the event of this disaster causing an increase in some very aggressive cancers. Even with the known materials on the manifest, such as vinyl chloride, and people have talked about, you know, how it turns into phosgene and then you get dioxins and all these other horrible things. You know, it's, it's a very bad situation. And so I just tried to point out in my thread that there were people who were positioned to profit, as I said. Go ahead, Mike. I, I, I think the one the one clanger in all of this is that uh, points to the truth is that Biden didn't go there, nor nor yeah. the so-called vice president is. It was clear. It's clear to me, at least, that the Secret Secret Service either thought someone is going to shoot him, or it was too dangerous. It was good enough for the average American to take the chance of being there, but not the president. And I, yeah. I, I think you're exactly right. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's a bad situation, and that's why it is my understanding um, that Trump understood the potential the risks when he went there. And, and as anybody who's followed my work over the years, you know, I've always been, you know, critical. I'm a critical person, especially when it comes to politicians, even Trump. And so I've, I've pushed back at a lot of things that he's done that I thought were incorrect. Um, but it spoke to me personally a lot about his character, if that is true, that, that he knew the risks that he took when he decided to go there and take 13 pallets of water. Um, I, that was a that was a stand up move. That was a that was a patriot move, and, I, and it spoke to me again a lot of his character. Yeah. Well, I've always been of the opinion that wherever he goes in public, it shows part shows the character of bravery, because they're sure, certainly out to gun him down if they can, but they're a little bit of afraid probably of a civil war on the basis of that, and I don't blame them. And I think yeah. that's funny to be critical about in in terms of any president. But especially uh, Biden, because uh, he's just an incompetent fool. But uh, there were things that I very disagree. I used to, I have a blog and I would send him a letter every once in a while on the blog. I doubt he ever saw it that said, listen, if you want to be a non interventionist, you got to stop this crap and uh, overseas. And, uh, you know, he did finally uh, come, deliver, deliver the goods instead of just the words. So, I don't think there's any harm in criticizing Trump. I think I still think he made a mistake in ever leaving the office and in never renouncing these vaccines until the past week or so. Yeah, yeah, he he really did. I mean, those were some major complaints I had. And it was interesting, even during my sentencing, kind of, kind of going back in time to January 6th and the Insurrection Act, it was my opinion and the opinion of many of my friends uh, within the IC that that he should have invoke the insurrection act that there was enough evidence that the election had been stolen and that absolutely. something needed that to be was done. The, that was the insurrection absolutely yeah and so I, yeah my judge held that against me and he said that because i held that opinion that i was bordering on on sedition yeah well you should have shown him that newspaper from on that plan you mentioned earlier that it was exactly what happened 
how they yeah. would, uh, uh, you know, Trump would win in the evening, but slowly overnight that Biden would be the winner. And that's exactly what happened. And they, what, what was that early summer? They put that out. Yeah. 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 That was, that was put out in August of 2020. They actually began work on it very early. And it was like the way the, the, the scamdemic, uh, rolled into everything. They just, they used it to their advantage. Absolutely 100%. Absolutely the case. You know, just from a strategy perspective to look at their plan, it's really quite brilliant. Oh, it is. You have to give the devil their due. Um, but uh, it is, it is uh, anti-American. It's anti-human, really. Between the jabs, uh, not allowing people to use ivermectin, or I can't ever remember the other one, uh, hydroxychloroquine, yeah. putting elderly people into places where they were sure to die. Uh, it, it, it's just the list of indictments is uh, towering, and the retribution that has to come is is it has to be severe and it has to be broad, because these are the kind of people I would imagine that if you let them off with a little jail time or a little something, and they they'd be back again, or their children would be back. the The demonstration of punishment has to be severe, public. And um, and frequent because there's so many of them that are involved in it. No, absolutely. I mean, we are in such a dangerous spot again as a country that there's there's going to have to be justice for this. These people have repeatedly gotten away with these crimes, and until they're held accountable, truly accountable, we're in danger. Absolutely. Um, you know, you go back to this East Palestine incident. You know, people, how many animals have to die? And these people have not been given any help. And, and, you, and you say, well, surely these people wouldn't be willing to do that. Surely they wouldn't be willing to essentially nuke the entire East Coast. Oh, yes, they would. Sure they would. You know, people have to understand that they don't care, that they, they, these people do intend to kill all of us. They are that crazy. Well, they've killed 100,000 young American soldiers since 1945 or more for wars they never intended to win. Yeah. And it, it, it's just absurd for this to go on much longer. And the penalty has to be severe. Legal, but severe. Yeah, peacefully and patriotically. Until the time runs out. Yes, sir. And then there's only one choice, but hopefully we won't come to that. And the way things are unraveling for them and their kind of idiotic, hysterical reaction to it. Um, Gives me a little hope for the first time in a while. Yeah, I think it's important to have hope in this entire thing. Um, you know, I did sit in on a four-hour Zoom meeting with some of the most amazing scientists in the world that some some people have heard of, others people have not heard of. And they were really working on some pretty fantastic ideas on how to mitigate the East Palestine situation. And again, if... If you look at Saul Alinsky and this whole idea of never letting a crisis go to waste, I think at some point we have to understand that as well, that if a crisis is occurring, that we need to start taking steps to restore our republic. And I think that this is a great opportunity to do that. We can, either sit, yeah, we can either sit around and wait for the EPA to do something, or we as Americans put our heads together and come up with solutions that don't involve the government. And essentially, because we take responsibility for our own lives and our own freedoms, we kind of put them out of the, out of the, out of the, 
out of the, I don't know what I'm thinking. Boy, I just lost words. What am I going Biden? Come on, man. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we've got to take more responsibility in our own lives. That's something that I've said to my friends and my family and everybody else is that when you let the government tell you what to do, they're going to tell you to do more. It doesn't end. So, you know, freedom requires responsibility and you can't leave a power vacuum for a state entity to enter into because they will do it every single time. Without a doubt. It's uh, as predictable as the sun will rise in the morning unless they find a way to get rid of that. Sean, let me ask you a question. What do you think of the American people who really don't bark that much? I mean, you know, our generation, our father's generation, you know, when gas prices went up, they were protesting. And, you know, uh, if there was a, a, a strike, a rail strike or whatever kind of strike, you know, with unions, people be out in the streets. I mean, you know, our, my grandfather and my father's generation, Mike's too. I mean, if, if we knew that China was going to be this big enemy and we have this problem, we, they'd be crushing iPhones and iPads, you know, with tractor trailers, you know, there was that kind of a, a, a feeling in America. But today, the American people sit back, they watch hundreds of billions of dollars being sent to the Ukraine, and we have our fellow citizens in Ohio. That should be, there should be money dumped there overnight. They should have truckloads of money coming, cash, to help these people. Instead, you have to wait for FEMA or whoever may be there, the agency, and then they have to tell you X, Y, Z. But, I mean, it's just, it's incomprehensible. For me, I can't, I can't comprehend it. Knowing when we grew up and the time we grew up, that this Ukrainian laundromat, which is what it is, sending money, getting it back, you know, or uh, having the defense contractors in the military just buy more ammunition and, and more military equipment. I, I, I don't know. I mean, what, what's your take on that? You're young. Well, we- yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, my grandfather, he was a Navy XO. And my uncle, he served in Vietnam and my dad didn't serve his, his draft number was low. And he actually ended up protesting against the war in Vietnam. So, you know, it's like, I come from a a long lineage of people who take action in one way or another, that's for sure. Um, But when we look at why people aren't up at arms, I think that everyone's been desensitized and controlled through the television and through social media, these stupid smartphones that they gave us really haven't done us any favors. They've destroyed the more personal relationships that people built prior to the internet. And that's not to knock. I've met some amazing people on the internet over the years. And, you know, I have a pretty amazing global network of friends because of it. But I think that this just, it, it serves to this more, this is where you get really weird when you start talking about, you know, transhumanism. Uh, when you, when you look at this agenda of dehumanizing us. And so when you say, well, why aren't people taking action? Why aren't they up at arms? Well, they're, they're frankly lazy. Americans have become fat and lazy. Um, and the phones haven't helped. People can experience the world without ever getting off of their couch. And so a lot of times they just simply don't. I'm not one of those people. I, I enjoy experiencing life in all of its sadness and tragedy and happiness in real time, but so many people are just, they, they, we, we've all been turned into cattle almost where we just sit here and we look at our entertainment devices and, and they look at the corruption in government and they say, well, there's nothing I can do. 
you know, what do you want me to do about it? Yeah. The election stolen, whatever. So it's just this, it's the wrong attitude. And I think that a lot of that was done through social media. It's, it's a means of control. In my opinion. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean the schools, it's like we talk about decades long ideological subversion, and then they give everybody this piece of technology that just turns them into more, you know, they're, they're robots. They don't even think for themselves. They're, as they say in this generation, they're non-playable characters. They're NPCs. <laughs> you know, that's what my kids call it. You know, they, they look at it, they see it. And even my own children, that's something that's been frustrating. It's just how much time people spend on their devices. And of course, I'm in no room to talk because I work online all day. But, you know, that's, that's where we're at. All right. We're coming down to the last five minutes on the National Security Hour. We're Dr. Mike and Colonel Mike on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Happy to have History Friday with Sean Witzman, who will be going to prison tomorrow for seven days. And you've heard the whole story. We'll play it again. It'll be up on podcast. Down to the last five minutes, Sean, we want to really thank you for coming on. And uh, you're a patriot. So what would you like to say in the last five minutes? I mean, it's hard. You're going to go away tomorrow. (laughs) Well, who's cow? What are you going to do, sir? Oh, man. Well, you know, my plan is to go in early tomorrow morning um, and go ahead and just get after it. Uh, You know, I've thought to myself that I'm going to use the time to work on my relationship with our creator. Uh, Oh, nice. You know, I don't know how many of your audience believe in a creator. My path to to finding that part of myself was remarkable in its own right. Um, So that's what I intend to do with my time there to the best of my abilities. You know, I, I've even considered the idea that I may just fast for seven days and pray for our Excellent. country. Excellent. That's a great idea. You know, um, uh, you know, it's it, when I look at the numbers surrounding everything, you know, I'm, I don't believe much in coincidence the way I used to. No. Um, you know, I was, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken about this a little bit, but essentially when I was in Armenia in 2019, I was given what I consider to be a vision, um, and it's, and it's funny when I talk about this with friends of mine who've, you know, worked in the remote viewing program and everything else uh, in the U.S. Army, they get it immediately. I don't have to explain it to them. Uh, but I, you know, I do feel like I was given a download of information and it's been my job to follow that information and continue to follow that path. So that's what I've been doing for three years. And so if I can, you know, uh, deepen my connection with God while I'm in jail, then that's Beautiful. what I'm going to work Excellent. on. That is Great. Hey, you know, Armenia was a, a really old. I mean, Armenia is a very old Christian country. They go back way back. They would do an Aramaic, too, I think, at the time. Right, Sean? Yes, sir. On Halloween of 2019, I was in the oldest Christian cemetery in the world. Wow. And um, it was it's it's an absolutely magical place. Um, you know, you have Karahunge, which is the oldest Stonehenge, known Stonehenge in the world. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have had different theories about what that was, but even to just see Mount Ararat in person is really something. Um, they call they call that mountain uh, grandfather there, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's it, it was a life changing experience. And so to me, that just goes back to everything that I've done, where I just continue to keep working. The worst part about the uh, seven days in jail is that I is that I don't get to continue working. I, I should mention I don't want it to go unsaid that. You know, very thankful that Trinis Evans and condemnedusa.org has given me the opportunity to have a W-2 job so that I can satisfy the conditions of my probation. Um, 
and we've been working very hard on some presentations for Congress and the Weaponization Committee when we look at judicial bias in the matters of January 6th. And, you know, so all of this stuff is just part of the experience for me um, on this planet. And I'm just trying to to fulfill my purpose to the best of my abilities. Well, we're going to send you with our prayers, too. And you have a great week. We're down in the last couple of seconds. Dr. Mike, go ahead. A couple of just, seconds. Just to say God bless to you and your and your family and come back and talk to us sometime if you can. All righty. Ab- That's it. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us on the mission. The National Security Hour is the tip of the harpoon in the epic battle to defend the United States of America.